0: The Korean FC podcast is kindly sponsored by Radio Taxis. Give them a call 70353 709. They know the score.
1: Hi, welcome along once again to the official Korean FC podcast in what is shaping up to be uh, quite an exciting week for all Bandsiders fans. It's. um. It's already been a bit of a a, a busy week. Um, Corian obviously played Balamina United in a derby game on Tuesday evening and ran out, what you might say, a comfortable enough 3-1 winners. I mean, my my, my sidekick here, Johnny McNabb, you were obviously at the game alongside myself. Um, would it be fair to say it was a strange kind of a derby? There was a bit of a a low-key feeling to it, maybe because Balamina aren't going particularly well, maybe because there's a big game coming up at the weekend for Korean, but it, it just seemed to be lacking something of a Derby atmosphere. And As I say, Korean ran out reasonably comfortable winners in the end up,
2: Yeah, they did. It was sort of a, a weird sort of a game and, and atmosphere, as you said. Um, to be fair, Balamina, and I'm not being rude, didn't bring really, really many fans down, which didn't really help. And then obviously... I think the crowd and, and our crowd and everyone else. we had a good crowd. Um, I think we're all just ready for for Sunday. So, um, yeah. a bit weird having a game three or four days before a big cup final. But I think it happened last year for for us as well. So that was just one of them things. Um, the big thing for for Coley was getting the three points. They keep ourselves ticking along and, and having Connor McKendry back and Glax playing uh, with each other and Kieran Farm back was was a big boost for us.
1: Yeah, I, I was just going to say I had a. Kind of in my notes there, the importance of welcoming players back. Conor McKendry has been out for probably the best part of a month uh, and played and, and looked very, very bright, scored a goal uh, into the bargain. Kieran Farn returned in defence as well, looked like he hadn't been away. Uh, and, and those players coming back, Johnny, are going to be vitally important because we lose a couple of players because they're League Cup tied and Andy Scott and Eamon Fife. So the importance of having those players back. It's immeasurable, isn't
2: it? Yeah, p- pads out the squad for Oren, and obviously we were fighting the two attacking players that you mentioned, so having cornerback back is really, really important, and then obviously with Kieran back, it allows Connor to, to push in the right back, and Linden and the centre of field, so yeah, look, it gives Oren more options, probably a few more pleasant headaches, it was the same 13 players that were nearly playing there for, for about a month, so yeah, uh, injuries probably came, there's never a good time to have a load of injuries, but... In the business end of the season, we it's not an excuse. We we did have four or five boys out, if if not more. So, yeah, look, getting them all the boys back um, is a big plus for us. And and yes, I think Stevie Lurie was out doing a bit of a warm up on, on Tuesday night as well. And yeah, you won't see him probably until the end of the season. But still, maybe another boost, maybe heading into the playoff or, or something like that. So yeah, um, as many bodies back as possible is as, as, as ideal at, at, at this time of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was speaking to Owen afterwards and I loved his line where he said, yes, it'll be great to be able to manage again in in terms of being able to pick players rather than just have to go with the same players week in and week out. But yes, we can't get away from it. We mentioned it at the top of the show, the League Cup final coming up this Sunday, Corianne against Linfield. And I'm delighted to say that we're joined on the podcast this week by uh, a man who has played for both clubs with great success, it has to be added, uh, and who probably knows more than any of us about what it means or what it takes to play in a big cup final. Delighted to say that joining us fa- from his home is Tony Gorman. Tony, delighted that you're on the podcast and first of all, uh, we'll come back to it later on in the programme, but first of all, many congratulations on Van and Swift's great performance and result last Saturday against Cliftonville in the Irish Cup.
0: Yeah, uh, thanks, Dimen. Going to Cliftonville is never easy, and especially when you know we've been there quite a number of times over the last couple of years. And while we performed quite well at at Solitude, Uh, we never we never got the the result. But uh, on Saturday, like a lot of credit has to go to Dean for coming up with a game plan to to try and stifle Cliftonville as best as possible because they're Cliftonville they're a very formidable opponent, and the They've got some brilliant attacking options and, you know, to go there and try and keep them scoreless is, is a near impossible task. And um, so game plan wise, we got it spot on and everybody, the man, like when we go into games like that, I mean, we need every, every player playing an 8 or 9 out of 10 performance. And, um, you know, yourself, that's not that's never easy to do. But on Saturday, everything came together, everybody performed. And we're 2-0 up and like Joe Gormley got a goal back in 91 minutes. And, you know, it was a nervy last four minutes because there was five minutes injury time. And uh, the clock never seemed, to, never seemed to go down at all over that last few minutes. But uh, it was a brilliant, brilliant result for us. The, the players deserve all the credit for, for sticking to the game plan and executing it. But, uh, you know, it was a great day, great
1: performance. It's, it's incredible. I mean, I don't mean to say it's incredible. That's that's demeaning, Dungannon, and we won't do that. But I mean, Johnny, you and I follow Corey in most games, and we've been following Corey in at Cliftonville on quite a number of occasions this season. Um, so we know how tough it is. We beat them, obviously, in the semi finals in the League Cup, or sorry, in penalties, I should say, in the League Cup. And then we lost them penalties in the Irish Cup, and the league games up there have been very difficult as well. I mean, I think that just underlines how how big a win it was for the Swifts to go there and beat them last week.
2: A massive result for them, um, and with all greatest respect, one that I just didn't see, Colin, because of how good Clivenwell are at home, and I think Clivenfall, as you say, Clivenwell only lost two games at home all season, and that's against us penalties and against O'Gannon, so... Really tough place to go. Um, the draw probably not for Cliftonville, and we all know their history of oh well. They're hoodoo with the Irish Cup, so you know they, they would have been probably wanting to, to try and win that for the first time at seventy-nine or something. They haven't won it since. So yeah, but look, um, I watched the highlights. It seemed like a pretty I'm not going to say comfortable, but it seemed like Dungan were fully deserved with a win. Um Reese Campbell takes his two goals really well. The first one's a Great header as well, just under the front post. So, yeah, look, I think when Joe Gormick goes, they may get two one in ninety second minute, and you're sitting out shakers. But no, fair fair play to them, and it's it's a, it's a massive result and a big day out. And if you can beat Cliftonville away, why not give uh, Crusaders a rattle now too? And and yeah, look, the, the draw has really opened up. Obviously, Balmain and Lawrence the other semi final. So, yeah, look, um, unfortunately, Corian aren't in there. Um, uh, but that's the way it goes. And and yeah, really really good result for 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 the Swiss.
1: Yeah, uh, Tony, I'm just interested, you know, obviously, Johnny mentioned that Cliftonville have got this, not not exactly a fixation with the Irish Cup, but it's well known that they haven't had luck in it since their last victory in 79. And they do feel there's a bit of a hoodoo there. And I'm just wondering, after the game, because Paddy McLaughlin and his players would have looked at, at being a great opportunity to go and, and, and advance in the competition, I mean, how were they after the game? Were they sharp? Were they complimentary to Dungannon, or how did they take the the defeat?
0: Well, to be fair to Paddy and his staff, they were very gracious in and uh, their approach after the game, like they were, they had no qualms about it. Um, you know, I think from from the off, like it it was it was a competitive game. Like it wasn't one where we were back to the walls for for ninety minutes, like. When, when we got our opportunities to to attack, we attacked. And, you know, we were a bit aggrieved at halftime that we didn't go in maybe a, a goal to the good because we, we felt there was a, a number of opportunities came our way that we didn't take advantage of. And probably there was two or three offsides that Reese almost got in that were really tight. And we there was a couple we were actually right beside or right across, you know, just, you know, the dugout position. And we didn't think he was off. And obviously we're going to think that anyway because you're... You know, you're hoping more than maybe thinking, but uh, but I suppose from a cliff No point of view, they probably maybe feel a wee bit aggrieved that they had a shout for a penalty towards the end of the first half. That um, it was a coming together of two players, and it was Michael Ruddy was involved in it. And you know, some maybe on another day, if our luck hadn't been with us, that would have gone against us, and it might have give them a wee advantage, but you know, from Paddy's point of view and a staff point of view, as I said, they were very gracious. They were respectful of the performance we put in and they wished us all the best. And uh, you know, we talk about Cliftonville's Irish Cup hoodoo. Like do you remember back to the Simon Cribblin affair? Or yeah. Kribben, mm-hmm. um, where the cup final didn't take place. And they actually beat, I was playing for Linfield, they beat us in the semi-final that year after a replay. And... Um, you know, then the whole thing came out with Simon Gribben that he played earlier on in a previous round for a for a junior team and um, I don't know if Cliftonville have ever forgiven him for that. But, <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but uh, you know it, it has, it, like it, you get things like that where you know just certain players or certain teams don't don't uh, do well in, in certain competitions and the Irish Cup just happens to have won them M1s with Cliftonville because Cliftonville to be fair you know from about 2010 on for six seven years. I mean, they were a dominant force in the Irish League. Did they won four league cups in a row at that time? And they did indeed, and a couple of Irish leagues. And you know, so for them to miss out in an Irish Cup, it's you know, it's it's strange really, but it's just one of them things.
1: It, it is one of them things, and it's one of them strange anomalies in football, isn't it? That you, you just can't legislate for that mm. they haven't won it. Um, and obviously, beating Cliffonville. Uh, one part of the north Belfast, big two if you like. And you've got the second one, Crusaders in the semi-final. And I guess that's gonna be a whole different game game again. It's gonna be a neutral venue. It's gonna be a big occasion. But it won't be dissimilar insofar as the Crusaders will probably start as as big favourites and in and, and most people's eyes they'll be expected to, to, to beat Dunganon. But you've proved it once and and maybe Dean and yourself and the players can come up and Another surprise or another shock?
0: Yeah, well, that that's obviously the, the plan. Like you know, we talk about being underdogs. I think we're underdogs, in nearly every game we, we go and <laughs> go and play. Like, um, but I think one thing about about us this season is we, we've shown like we had, we had a very poor start this season. I mean, there's no t- getting away from that. But you know, we did have, we we were unlucky in the fact that we had four or five key players out for the first probably two months of the season. And, you know, people will say, oh, well, it's not an excuse. Well, you know, we have a big enough squad, but at, at the same time, no matter, like we seen Glenn Torn when they were missing Connor McManaman, you know, they went uh, they went on a run where they maybe only picked up one victory in, in 10 games. And similar, like if Corian if happened to be missing Jamie Glacken and <laughs> McHendry like they were missing, or... Lowry or Shevlin like it's it's big losses and it's hard to it's hard to 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 fill them places in. But you know, since probably maybe November time we've been quite happy with how we performed, especially at home or home form has been good and we've been competitive, especially against the, the bigger teams When we picked up we went to the spell there. I think we won maybe six out of seven home games in a row, which was fantastic, you know. And um so but again, like Crusaders, it's a different opponent altogether. You know, we talked about Cliftonville and you know their attacking options and the movement and the rotations of their attacking players. But Crusaders are a different ball game altogether. Where you know they're they can they, they can play. Don't get me wrong; they've got real quality players in the team. But when they when they have to, they can go long. They're they're physical. They've got runners from midfield like Winchester and Philip Lowry and. You know, so they, they can mix up their game. They can, they, if they want to go toe to toe on a the scrap, they'll, they'll outscrap you. They can play, so um, it's a different opponent, and it's one that you know we're really going to have to put in a similar performance to what we put in against
1: Cliftonville. Do mean? Uh, I mean, it is a completely different kind of style of game, Johnny, isn't it? But um, I guess when you're in the Dungannon camp and nobody's giving you a bit of a chance, it's, it's you've nothing to lose, haven't you? You just go and give it a right rattle, and anything can happen on any given day.
2: That's it. Um, you know, <laughs> people would have predicted Dungannon they, they won at Solitude, so so why can't they they beat Crusaders in a, in a one off game in a, a semi final? Um, plenty of former Dungannon players, I think, are still in the ranks at Crusaders too, which would be a bit different. Um, so yeah, look, that's the makings of a really good game. <laughs> uh, two different styles, Dungannon play a lot of football. Um, Crusaders probably more direct. Although I actually watched Crusaders against Glintorn in the Irish Cup there uh, last Saturday, and Crusaders were very, very good actually. And a big leggy, we just done everything, you know, set everyone up, and, and they linked really well. So yeah, look, I think that'll be a really good game to watch. I think the I think the BBC are showing both the games. I'm nearly certain of saying that. So, yeah, I think it will be a, a good one um, as well. And you can keep like in and Heatley quiet and Manchester and Lowry. It's they've a lot of good players who you can you can score goals. So, um, yeah, no, that'll be will be two probably different styles. Um, and I, I think it'll be a really really tight game. Very good.
1: Well, here that that's the Irish Cup, but. That doesn't really matter, you know. That the really important cup is the League Cup, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> it is particularly this week when you when you happen to be a Korean supporter. Um Obviously, Korean against Linfield on Sunday, uh, Tony. Two teams that you're well associated with. Um, ask you first of all, game on Sunday. It looks like it's going to be a bit of a probably going to be a sellout um are you looking forward to the game because it's it's got the megans of a it's got the of an, an intriguing game if you like i don't know if it'll be free flowing, but it's certainly intriguing looking isn't it
0: yeah I, I think it's going to be a really good game i think uh we've been lucky over the last number of years with with the quality on, on display in league cup finals and i think last year's game cory and Clifton was a real cracker like a real classic and uh, and like it's one that got away from cory and i mean the game was basically over, 2-0, and um, some inspired substitutions by Paddy McLaughlin turned the game, and um, that's just, But uh, going back to Sunday's game, it's a massive game, Damien, you know, because the, the way the league's sitting at the moment for Linfield, it's, um, you know, this may be their only opportunity for silverware, you know, they really need, I think Linfield really need to go to Larn on Tuesday night and get a result. And for them, they got a draw and a still seven points between them and Larn with seven games left. I think it is. You know, it's it's a lot of a lot of game, a lot of points to make up in, in a short period of time. Uh, Coleraine, obviously hurting from last year out of the Irish Cup, um, so it's their only t- chance of silverware this year as well. So it's a massive game. Uh, two two really good teams. Um, I think one thing about Coleraine this year, I think. And it's to their credit. I think they've changed their style of play a lot. I think from a supporter's point of view, there's probably easier on the eye. Um, they're playing through the lines a lot more. Um, the style of play has changed. Uh, I think they've got good energy about them, especially in the middle of the park. I think it helps London go in the middle of the park at times as well because he gives you that energy. Um, so it's it's a game I'm really looking forward to and. To call a winner is near impossible.
1: <laughs> but, uh, uh, like
0: perf- You just hope for a good game, don't you?
1: I, I do think it's going to be a good game. I, I'm intrigued because I had written in my notes as well that it could be Linfield's sole chance of winning silverware mm. this season as well. Um, that All I consider, uh, you you played at Linfield, you know the demands on the players and the management there from supporters. If... I mean, it's probably going to be construed as a bit of a disappointing season for Linfield, even if they win it. But I mean, is all the pressure or is there more pressure on Linfield going into Sunday's game because otherwise it's going to end up, they're going to win nothing, which at Linfield is just not acceptable?
0: Well, I think every game at Linfield is a pressure game anyway because (laughs) no matter who you play, and like I found that out fairly early on playing at Linfield, that every, every game is a cup final and you've got to be up you know, I mean, you'll see results where teams go and get a really good result against Linfield and then get beat next week by a team at the bottom of the league. And I think that's, that says it all about Linfield, that everybody wants wants to beat Linfield. And um, so there is, every game you play for Linfield, there's pressure. Um, but there's there has to be pressure on Korean as well, Damien. I mean, because the standards that Korean have set over the last six, seven years, where they've been competing consistently for trophies, they've been competing at the top end of the league. Um, very unlucky and very unfortunate And a couple of them seasons where they lost out in the league. Probably too many draws at times and maybe didn't score enough goals. But um, they've been there, thereabouts for six, seven years. They've, they've won a couple of trophies. So there's the players themselves and Orn and the staff, they'll be pressuring them to want to to want to be successful. Um, but you, you're right about, about the Linfield one like. They're expected to win at least one trophy a season. So there there is a pressure on on them, and I'm sure it's something that the players will be aware of. The season for Linfield, it could have been so much different, Damien, because you look back to the start of the season when they missed out in in the European qualification on, on penalties, and I do think that they suffered a bit of a hangover after that where they're, they struggled to get their league form going. So I think if they had went through in Europe, it would have been a real feel-good factor about the place and they would have progressed. I think they would have done a bit better in the league. And I think we could be sitting, Linfield could be sitting maybe a few points top of the uh, clear at the top of the league at the moment. But it's,
1: again, it's all ups and bots at this stage. It's funny because that's been talked about by a lot of people that it wasn't even going out of Europe. It was the manner of how they went out yeah. of Europe. I mean, I was at that game that night and... I mean, it was the game was won and the way that they, they lost, and it, it did seem to take them an awful long time to clear their heads. In a similar way, although it's like a year or 12 months ago, the way and the manner that Korean lost last year's final, <laughs> you know, it's still hard to believe how it happened. Does that, as a player, you played, right? If you were in the Korean camp and you'd played in last year's League Cup final and lost it in the manner that you did, is that still in your mind this year? And are you extra determined to try and win it this year so to make up for what happened last year? Or as Josh Carson said in his interview on Tuesday, the antics of last season, you know, so they know themselves that they messed up. Would that be a factor this week?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I from a personal point of view, like whether it was a previous game against... Um, any team where you, you didn't perform or you, got, or you got done, you felt you a game you should have won Well, you go out, you know, and you're super focused on the next performance. And uh, I think it's, last year's defeat and the manner in which the defeat came, I think Oren can use that as fuel, you know, to for his players to think, you know, we've been here last year. We know how we felt at the end. We don't want that to happen again this year. And, um, you know, I think there'll be... The Korean players, especially the ones that were involved in the game last year, I think they'll be doing all they can and they'll be doing whatever it takes to try and get that result in, in their favour this year. Because the way it, the way it happened last year, I mean, I'm sure no more than, than Linfield losing out in Europe, I'm sure the manner in the, their defeat would, would have hurt them and would have taken a, a, a long time to erase from the memory. But uh, certainly as a player, you would be using that... To try and you know encourage and wind up your your teammates and think right we know we know how we felt last year we don't want that to happen again and make sure it doesn't happen again.
1: Mm, I know Johnny, you, you spoke to a few of the players I think this week as part of your preview and spoke to Josh Carson as I mentioned and you also speak spoke to Stephen O'Donnell the Korean captain and what what was your impression? Do you get the same impression as Tony there that you know the guys are. Or more determined to make up for what happened last year
2: they are um you know spoke to Josh and Stephen as you said I think they're obviously they're footballers so they're excited for, for the final and the challenges ahead and I think as well as that there's a few you know there's a few players who didn't play in that final last year so <clears throat> excuse me so they'll have absolutely no experience of it You know, like Kieran or um, you know Lee Lynch um, Dean Jarvis there's about three or four of them guys who, who didn't play so I think in terms of pressure that you are chatting about there, obviously, that they, they have to win every week, otherwise it's a crisis. And, but I suppose with Corey, and now you know how the league's going getting in the cup finals, I'm not saying it was ever easy, but it's only going to get tougher um, with all the, you know, with the full-time teams and, and everyone else. So, for us, they reached three of them finals in a row as a, a great achievement. So, yeah, it's probably both it's probably a pressure for both teams, but a different kind of pressure a different type of pressure, um would be would be my analysis of it. I think obviously they have to win trophies, whereas korea it's probably the pressure of getting their final and trying to maximize maximise it out, if you know what I mean. So um yeah, look, I think confidence in the camp's pretty high. Um, you know, games against Lumphy this year have been two 0 0 draws and a, and a two 0 defeat, but by all accounts of that defeat we we played pretty well. So um as I said in the podcast last week was it I think if we get Chances that we, we we need to take them. So simple as that. And um, that's an obvious statement, but if you get three or four chances, you need to take a couple of goals against them. So um, yeah, that that would be that would be my analysis of it. Uh, uh,
1: the first goal, I mean, or Anthony or Tony. The the two games, the league games, were two 0 0s The last one was two 0 to Linfield. There was a a controversial penalty was the the, the first goal in that particular game. So. Games between them so far have been very, very tight and and almost cagey affairs. The importance of the first goal, I guess, in any game is so important, but particularly and maybe in a final, and especially in Sunday's final, where you've got Linfield playing effectively at home. They're going to be a massive Linfield crowd there. Obviously, there'll be a big Korean crowd as well. But, you know, the first goal, if Korean were to get the first goal, would that just heap further pressure on landfill for example um it's, it's hard to say like there's, there's two ways
0: of looking at that i mean if you score the depends also as well like you know you, you score the first goal maybe if you score score it early and you think you know it's a long time to be to be holding on to something um you know the first goal if You concede the first goal, it can take the shackles off you, and, and there's a bit more freedom maybe at times to go and go and express yourself and try and push on for goals. So, there's never not a good time to sc- <laughs> to score a goal. Well, um, they always
1: say there is that thing that they do say, Oh, we scored too early, and that's yeah, that, so that's the thing. Like, you,
0: you can, especially maybe going to Windsor Park in a cup final and scoring the first 15 20 minutes. Well, you know, it's you've Seven seventy minutes, seventy-five minutes to be looking, keep looking around the big scoreboard, and when you start doing that, it just stays at <laughs> <laughs> the time that it comes down. But uh, I think the, the most important thing in a cup final is playing your playing your way into the game, um, making sure you you make your first pass, you make your you won your first header, you won your first tackle, that you know your first touch isn't a bad touch, and. Um, not to be giving your opponent any advantage at all and it's, it's about setting yourself down staying in the game um, easing your way into it I, re- I remember the game last year I mean it was um, it was quite a hectic start but you know both teams it could have went anyway I mean like both teams you thought you know were playing really well but um, you know and then the goals like maybe the two goals like it's one well, of them. Um, Corrine get the two goals, and it's, it's game over. And then the shackles come off Cliftonville, and they just go and play and go and express themselves. And I mean, if I, think, if I remember right, Joe Gorman missed a couple of a couple of really good chances as well. they I mean, before the end of that game, which could have put the game out of sight before extra time. But um, so, listen, stay in the game as long as possible, and um, limit your mistakes and. You know, try and get a try and get a good foot, good foothold on early
1: on. And I guess Johnny had mentioned it earlier. Like this is Koreans' third league cup final in a row. They've been in a I think a couple of Irish cup finals. They've been going close in the league, so they've got big game experience within their ranks. And um, right the way through for Moore, he's managed there now, and, and he's been there a long time. And they've been in finals, and you've got Winky's influence. The players have all experienced big games. That obviously, like Linfield as well, but it's not like, for example, maybe with your time at Korean in the 2003 Cup final, for example, that was the first time Korean won a trophy in over 20 odd years. It was a bit of a, I'm not saying it was a freak, but it was kind of out of the blue mm-hmm. somewhat. Whereas on this occasion, Korean are used to playing in big finals and that has to count for something, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, listen, it's Korean now, you are right in what you're saying. Like the we when we got to the final in two thousand and three, it, it was a, a new experience for it was a new experience for the club, not for the player, not for a lot of the players involved in it, because you had uh like Jody had won a league at Cliftonville and Rory had won stuff at Glentor and myself Trigger and Basher had won stuff at Linfield and um you know, so it wasn't it wasn't that new to us and the, and Jerry flynn as well. But we also had we had experience in that team, you know. Whereas Korean, I think, and I think what people have to realize as well that the Korean, the board of directors, of Korean deserve an awful lot of credit for. They're as much part of this building process that Korean have, have done uh, than than Warren has been because they have put a faith and a trust in their management. And Warren's there, is as a twelve, thirteen
1: years or maybe nine. No. Johnny, i mean there was a year sabbatical he's, in Scotland
0: uh, but, yeah, yeah I've never but he, years now.
1: yeah he's there
0: an, an awful long time and during that period as well I mean, like I remember there was a couple of spells where the club they lost an awful lot of games especially at home but the club were the, the directors and the chairman they were confident in the job their manager was doing and the the long-term ambition of the manager and they stuck by it, and now they're getting their rewards, and they've been getting rewards, as I said earlier, for about six or seven years now, that he's got his real, you know, he's got his he's got his players there, he's brought players in and he, to be fair to him, he's signed really good players, They you know, he's he signed players that are players, and again, that's no respect to or disrespect to Corian, but you, there's players there that can walking to team going to, England, to Oren, Laren, you know, the, the full-time setups. So Oren deserves an, an awful lot of credit for that. But the club, the club deserves an awful lot of credit for the faith that they've shown in the manager. the Oren's ambition and his plans for the club, he's been given the opportunity to to develop them. And now Coleraine are, you know, they're a real force now in Irish League football. And they have been, again, as I said, back six seven years and korean are they deserve to be in cup finals for what they've done and the players and um and every the trophies that they've won you know they've deservedly won them and they've they've given the the town and the supporters some fantastic days out um so it is it is a different it's a different Korean, certainly to the one the team that i played on um but it's it's a as I said it's a credit to, to the football club for for allowing the manager to to build what he's built.
1: Yeah, I mean it. It doesn't happen all the time, in, in football does it that managers managers are given time and, and given support when things don't go well. I mean, Johnny, you're a lot younger than and Tony than Tony and I, and you know, with the greatest respect, you know, your generation and, and younger ones are almost spoiled <laughs> now by some. Korean success back in back in the old days Tony Korean didn't fans didn't have as much days out as what they do now and you know for the likes of you Johnny you're getting the cup finals is now commonplace where maybe it wasn't 30 to 20, 30 years ago
2: Yeah if we don't get the league cup final next year I'll, I'll, I'll be in I'll be in a state of depression or something I'll have <laughs> a lot to do with myself Um, yeah like I've lost count a the of finals we've probably been in since 2016, 17 really it must be about 5 or 6 now so yeah, to get into them positions is is a, is a great credit, and as I said earlier, it's only going to get tougher, and the competitiveness of the league and, and everyone else, and not only that, the amount of times we've been in Europe too, which is like another trophy in itself um, because of the money and, and everyone else, so yeah, look, um, obviously the, the players have got a bug for it, and the, and the taste of having success, and they'll want to do that um, even more now, and for example, Matthew Shevlin, he's he's lost his three League Cup finals that he's played on, and this is his fourth. So um, he'll not want to be, he'll not want to have, he'll not want to have a fourth losers' medal in that in that competition. And you know, obviously, the likes of you know Dean Jarvis is coming. They won his first medal with Corey and the likes of Lee Lynch um, as well. So look, there's all different subplots and stories. I'm sure for both teams, and obviously the best team on on the day will 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 win it. Uh,
1: d- did you ever win the League Cup, Tony? I'm sure, you probably did.
0: Um... I think well oh, I've won certainly won it, but it's um, I think for a couple of years it may have been replaced by the Coca-Cola Cup as well maybe in the, it, it, uh, so I, I think it, it, I between different... between League Cup and Coca-Cola I think I won it six times um, <laughs> it might have been four in a row at Olympus, maybe just the just six been, uh, I'm not uh, I'm I'm trying to think and uh, definitely between Coca-Cola and League Cup anyway there's six so um
2: must, must be hard, must be hard on that much. You can
0: one of them was against Korean, actually. Damien might that, remember one of them was uh, at the oval against Korean.
1: What year, which year would that have been? Um,
2: 2000. I don't know, two, reason, Was it 2000? Uh, 4 nil four,
1: four nil. nil. Was, you're right, four nil. Uh, and that's still that's still the biggest winning margin in the league cup final. Is that right? Mm-hmm. But was for, talking,
0: talking, talking about good starts, and I scored after about four or five minutes. I just and Corian actually started on the front foot and I think Picky missed a, a great chance for Corian after a couple of minutes and we basically went up the end of the pitch free kick and lucky enough it flew in past. Kevin McEwan was in goals I think it was. Kevin McEwan. Flip me. Hey. That's going back on and, and that settled us down then, and um, we ended up 1-4-0. And who, who,
1: who was in the Linfield team then? That would have been strong side obviously.
0: Um... Who was in the Olympic team? Norman Kelly, yeah. Stephen BD, Uh no, it was I uh, trigger? Um, Glenn Ferguson, David Larrimer, Chris Morgan, Pat McShane. Pat McShane actually scored in the final, I think. Um, Stephen Collier, Winky was playing. No Billy, goalkeeper probably Robert Robinson, maybe in goals. Paul not Mathers bad. Um, wasn't bad. Like it's not bad. Scottish lad Stuart Callan played in the left. Jamie Marks. Jimmy Marks was a great player on the right-hand side.
1: Yeah, mm. I mean, Linfield have beaten Corey in, in two League Cup finals, the two times they've met in the finals, mm. 2-0 and 4-0. So this is a, <clears throat> the third meeting of them and could be third time lucky. But when you look back, I mean, I was looking at League Cup finals, doing a bit of Wikipedia on it, and I'm sure Tony, like the rest of us, you must be impressed with the way that the competition has changed because I think that game that you're talking about, that Linfield-Korean final, I think the attendance was around 4,000, 3,000 or something mm. like that. Mm. Whereas on Sunday, we're probably looking at anywhere in the region of eleven to 12,000, maybe a sellout mm. live on TV. I mean, it really has elevated itself now as a major competition, whereas maybe in the past it was seen as... Second or third competition. I mean, it is impressive how it's been turned around. Yeah, it, it's a credit as well to, to the league for like for
0: the, the way that it, it's formed out of now. Um, you know, and that day the final had been a Tuesday night, yeah. and it, would have, it was nearly an afterthought. Really, yeah. like it was. I remember uh, that that particular game against Korea. and it was definitely a Tuesday night at the Oval on a rock hard pitch, <laughs> um, and we'd. We probably won the league on the Saturday, so there's probably a bit of partying done on the Saturday night going into Sunday. So um I remember probably a few lads we got worse for wear on the on the on the Tuesday going into the game. Who 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 would been who would have partied the hardest in that particular Linfield team? Um, I suppose Spike would have been right up there, you know. Spike and Norman. Um they would have been Winky. the go-to. Chris sure, Morgan.
1: Wink, Winky wouldn't have been far behind either, I would have thought.
0: Oh, uh, Winky was like an altar boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Winky yeah. would have been there, all right. <laughs> I don't think Winky's ever been called an altar boy before. <laughs> That's a first time. No, he's
0: a, as good as Goldie he was. Um, um, no, but like you're right in saying, like the, I think going back in them days as well, Damien, we had Doster Cup and the Gold Cup and... You know, so the the competitions have been they've been cut down now. So there's more prestige for the League Cup and the Irish Cup, Um and that's it's right too because it's it's a great it's a cup final on a on its own given day. Uh, you know, any cup final deserves the credit that that it, it should have, and uh, the fact that they're showing it live now on TV and everything, you know, it adds adds to the occasion, and it's it's great for the players as well. But the supporters, you know, who you know who make up the football clubs. It's it's a great opportunity for them for for a day out. And as you said, and as Johnny was saying, like you know, the last six or seven years they've been a wee bit spoilt, and day outs are, are becoming now the norm. And um, so it adds to occasion live televised games and on their own days. Like it's it's fantastic, and I think the league deserve an awful lot of credit for for the way they've marketed
1: it as well. I think so, and I mean, even the fact Johnny that. Corian are now used to going to finals and stuff. I guess it's still a credit to the supporters and to the people of the North Coast as well that they're still travelling their, their droves to the matches. I mean, I don't know, you could probably tell us what ticket sales are like at this minute in time. But despite getting the finals, there's always still a massive buzz around the town and, and everybody buys into it. And as Tony rightly said, it's a, it's a tremendous day out for everybody, isn't it?
2: It is and you know families go and you know people you know the, the, the armchair occasional fan will probably go and, and everyone else and it's a day out for for everybody and, and yeah I think we're I think last year we sold f- over just over 4,100 and I think we're basically just there right now um, we're a couple of days out so we'll definitely beat last year's target too which, which is great and I think Linfield have sold out a couple of stands nearly already so there's the makers of a, of a, of a really really good game and a really good atmosphere as well and and yeah, here's hoping come five o'clock we have a, we have a trophy to come, come down the road with.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's I guess, Tony, totally when you, you hear all that, you, there's days there you just think you wish you were still playing.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, there's There's no... Um, and uh, there's days you think, oh, I could still play. <laughs> 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 but uh, no, listen, it's... um it is a different it's a different time now and it's a different game. Like come back to when we were training and and playing in the, the back patch at Cole and mud up to our ankles and, and now you look you look at the showgrounds now and it's you know it's immaculate twenty four seven and I think to be fair, um given where we are and our climate and everything, I think the, the clubs that have gone and Dungannon are no different, like we've gone with Astroturf. Like it's 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 been a it's been a game changer where you know, it's you're training on a consistent surface, and you can bring that into into your play and games and that. And I think it's certainly the like from Korean's point of view, like the the pitches certainly helped them, and they're they're playing and they're training, and the style of football they've adapted their style of football nearly to suit the pitch. So, um, so you, we've missed out on 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 that, but. <laughs> But sometimes you're glad you're not playing either. <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, I was just laughing there. You forget about training on the wee mm, pitch out the back. Yeah. And, you know, them lights you could hardly the see. Lights. It was That's ruddy, right. it was bumpy. It was, And then you had Marty stand on the sideline, puffing away the a bag. Yeah. But I remember, like, you're talking about
0: training on the, the, the back pitch at Cole I remember Jerry Flynn telling me when they won the league at Cliftonville, they used to train in the car park. With wheelie bins for goals, <laughs> <laughs> so now I don't know Jerry. Jerry might uh, exaggerate a wee tale from time to time, but uh, yeah. but I think uh, it's a great story though. Wheelie uh, bins for gold, goal posts, and, well, and a car park.
1: You know, like obviously things, things, and there was probably less in the way of nutrition advice, etc., etc. Mm. Et back then. I mean, when you look at today's. Players, young players in particular, when I mean, you see them coming through and they have everything laid on for them, I mean, you must think how lucky they are.
0: They are, yeah, and um, you know everything's provided for them, and all the information's is on hand for them. Like, whereas if we wanted, like, I remember myself trying to, you're trying to maximise whatever ability or potential you had, and you're like you're buying every football magazine going, like a. If I was reading that Brian Robson was getting up at eight o'clock every morning and you know buying the Daily Mail, well, I was going to do I was going to do what Brian Robson was doing if I thought it would make me better, you know things like that. But and uh, you know maybe reading or seeing some what people were eating and like the having to <laughs> having to try and read up in the Italian leagues and see what you know what what they're doing for pre match and. But it is different. Like we, we lived in a time where, you know, it was we had to, we had to do it ourselves if, if we wanted to, you know, like it was very much two days a week. But like to be fair, a lot of the boys I would have played with would have done their own, their own gym work in between that and done their own sessions. And also, I mean, there there was always that there was always a the player there that wanted to be, to be better and. But again, like you're right, the, the players now like everything's on hand for them, and uh, you know, from the footballs to the equipment to the you know the the facilities. Like it's a it's a million miles away from where where we were, and it's not that long ago. Damien, mean,
1: like twenty no. odd years ago. It seems know. like a, it seems like ancient history, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. e- even I mean when I started in my line of work, if you wanted to find out about something you had to go to the library yeah
0: yeah
1: <laughs> and go and try and find a book and try and find what it was you needed write it down and go back now you just literally google it and mm. i mean i would probably say that to my daughter now 16 and so she She'd probably look at you and think you're two heads and mm. what are you talking about but um i mean johnny you're of a, a younger generation as we mentioned and but that's just the way life is isn't it i mean you know you've Been away in Europe with the players as well. Um, And you see it at close quarters, how well they're looked after. But then, as Tony said, they still go over and above their training as well. And and so from that respect, things haven't changed an awful lot. If you want to do well and if you want to compete and get on, you still have to go over and above your stipulated two, three nights training a week.
2: You do. Uh, and that's just the way football's going, especially in Northern Ireland with, with the full-time team. So, like, Lauren can spend as much time as they want with the players and go over certain things, whereas Dungana and, and Corian, they they probably get four hours pitch time a week. So, and that's just a difference. So, I'm sure, like, like Dean and, and Oren, I'm sure they trust their players away from the pitch to, to take their bodies over and do any extra extra work that they can. And, and, yeah, in terms of Europe, and we've mentioned this before, it's, like, football now is a business. So, um, you go through around there's there's a quarter of a million pound really so you know that the probably for about a year or two so you can see why teams especially from Northern Ireland are, are taking it so seriously and and yeah I'd say in the next five years a team from Northern Ireland are definitely in the group stages of, of a European tournament like maybe that Conference League we mentioned it earlier Limerfin were twenty seconds away from from getting that there and obviously uh, Jimmy Callagher scored scored the own goal that night so. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the things where, where I think that a team in, for Northern Ireland will be, will be in a European competition uh, in, in the near future.
1: Yeah, Tony, you're, you're involved at the coal face now with Dungana and coaching, and all the time we hear about proposals maybe for like more professional uh, premiership. And then alongside that, there's always talk then about a, an all Ireland league as well. And, and you've obviously played both sides of the border. Um, how do you see or what way do you see football going in the next, say, five to ten years? Would, would any of that be realistic, do you think?
0: Um, I think, re- touching on the All-Ireland League to start with, I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's ever going to be a runner because I think that there's... At the minute, for example, say, so we have or European places in the Irish League and European places in the League of Ireland, and if you're to have one league, well, you're going to have the same amount of European places. So there's obviously three or four clubs are going to lose out every year in European money. Uh, so that's that's one of the stumble, stumbling blocks I can see for for an All Ireland League not happening. Um, as regard, I think maybe they could develop, they could reintroduce something like what they had for the Satanta Cup. You know, um, like a cup competition you know, greater prize money, which will encourage, uh, and I think the Irish League clubs will be more set up to, to compete against League of Ireland clubs now. Um, and then the other thing that's always talked about now for the for the betterment of the Irish League is, is summer football. Um, and I know going back, I suppose, about 2001 now, since the start, 2002, maybe since the start of summer football in the League of Ireland. Uh, and basically, summer football is brought in for you know, to have better pitches and to help clubs compete when they did uh, qualify for Europe, that they were halfway through the season and they weren't rushing through a, a pre-season and four or five weeks to compete in the first rounds of, of the European games. But um And it, to be fair, it has helped. It has helped the clubs because we've seen good... Like, going back to the early 2000s, remember Shelburne, when they are managed by Pat Fellin, got to... Uh, maybe one game away from the group stage where I think Deportivo beat them. Um, and they took the game to the Lansdowne Road and all. And, um, so it has helped, but from an Irish League point of view, like uh, from a football point of view, like I'm very much a traditionalist and the fact that I like me, f- like if it's English football, you like it at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon and you like the season starting in August and finishing in May. And and it's so, like I, I can't see... I think the, the Irish league clubs have too much to lose from going going to summer football. Um, you know, especially you know traditionally the festive period with the games and the revenue that it creates. Um, and I think any any change away from or the season we currently have has to. You still have to involve our festive fixtures because um, a lot of clubs, you know, depend on on the the gates around Christmas time and Boxing Day and um, New Year's Day so um, there's certainly like there's always room for improvement in in, in any league or any format of a league competition but uh, I don't like I don't see League of Ireland or an All-Ireland League being a benefit to the Irish League and I don't see summer football really benefiting
1: because a lot of those things you almost think are being geared towards the bigger clubs and for the likes of without being disrespectful, maybe the likes of a Dungannon or mm-hmm. New Report sometimes it seems that maybe they're not being thought about or they're in danger of getting left behind and stuff, which would be unfair given the likes of what Dungannon are doing this year in the league and in the Irish Cup as well. I think it'd be wrong to disregard the likes of those teams. Yeah, I, I think they I mean, though
0: I think a lot of people maybe lose the point or, or get distracted by the fact that, you know, clubs like Dungannon are being left behind by the full time teams. And um, like I'm all for um, the the teams going full time. And I think what we've seen because the likes of Larne, Glenthorn, Linfield, Crusaders for a period invested heavily in, in a full-time setup. I think it's brought on the other clubs as well, Damien. You either yeah. up your game and go along with it and work harder to compete with these teams, or you get left behind. And I think Corian's a brilliant example of a club that, have, and Cliftonville as well, are two clubs that have knuckled down thought, right, we might not be full-time, but we'll still go and compete and sign the best players available to us. Mm-hmm. We'll give our players every opportunity to maximise their potential and we'll still be able to compete. And Cliftonville and Corian have done that and they've done it comfortably. And that then brings, so the likes of Dungannon, if we want to stay in the Premier League, well, we have to work extra hard to, to go and try and get results against Corian, Cliftonville, uh, Larne, whatever. And it's proven to be very difficult for us. But it, we still, every week, we're there and we're working hard and we have to work harder and harder to try and get them results. So I think either go along with it, continue to work hard, continue to try and improve or you're going to get left behind. And uh, But I think I think that the teams that have gone full-time deserve an awful lot of credit because they've brought the standard up. And as I said, they've made the likes of Coleraine much, much better, much more competitive. And you see now Coleraine are in the cup final most challenging for a
1: league um so they are certainly maximizing the potential of their players. Mm, Johnny wouldn't disagree with any of what Tony has said because I we watch Korean at close quarters and I think there's no doubt whatsoever that the bar has been raised and been raised by Larn and Glentorn and Linfield obviously there as well. And you do see that it's redoubled Korean's determination to stick with those teams and I think you've mentioned it before Johnny as well about Korean recruiting cleverly and getting the best part-time players, the, the guys that can't commit to full-time football but Korean have to be in a position to get the best of those part-time players and, and to a large degree they've been very successful in doing that
2: Yep, and they've also got players um, from from full-time football as well and they part-time obviously, Dean Jarvis and Leeland Lynn um, as well, so yeah, recruitment's key and trying to hold on to the players that you have. And you know, you look around the league now, all the big t- or all the teams um nearly in the bottom six now as well, are tying their players down the longer contracts, So the big clubs um don't come fishing for for for, for free transfers or, or nominal fees. You know, for example, you look at Matthew Fitzpatrick, um, I think he did he not sign a four year contract there at the start of the season or something like that. So for example, so if Crusaders wanted them in January, they'd had a paid out a big fee. So um. Yeah, I think teams are, are, in general, becoming smarter in terms of keeping all their assets. So if they do lose them, they're they're going to cash in. Um. So, yeah, I think for Corian, they have to raise the bar. Otherwise, they'll be left behind. Them. It's as simple as that. And, and, yeah, look, I think, you know, a few teams maybe, for example, Glenavon, done really, really well there, but maybe six, seven years ago. And maybe they've not necessarily taken their eye off the ball, but they probably just haven't reached the targets of what they usually had. and. And they're falling a wee a wee, wee bit behind, maybe even with Balmina as well. Although I read David Jeffrey's Irish Cup record with Balmina, and it's it's scarily really good. I think it's quarter final every year or something like that. So um yeah, so teams are just are just fine. At, some teams just find it more more more, more tougher than, than than others, but that's the nature of the beast for all the teams that are full time and,
1: and then obviously you still have
2: Cliff and Corey and, and Corian who are fine up there too.
1: do just Johnny was talking about players, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, signing contracts. Is there a worry for the likes of a Dungannon like yourselves, right? you are noted as a really good football inside. you have got some really good young players playing at Dungannon. For example, Rhys Campbell, you mentioned him at the top of the show, scored two great goals last week against Cliftonville. Do you worry then that the so-called bigger clubs will come and not cherry picks, not the right word, but... If you're doing things right and your players are performing well, are you worried then that other clubs are going to take the better players from your side? Um, for, well,
0: from our point of view, it's it's not really a, a worry that players, the clubs are going to come and take our players because, you know, we we want we want the best for our players, and you know, at the at uh, the start of the season, like young Terry Devlin went to went to Glentorn. And, um, you know, you couldn't stand in his, in his way. And, you know, but on the back of Terry going to Glentoran, like we got Keelan Marin And, you know, so we, we were able to trade trade a player for a player. And like Keelan is was top defender and, you know, a player that probably, um, you know, Lahren, I think we're interested in him at one stage last summer in Derry City as well. So, you know, but in, in terms of what Dungan have done really well is that they've identified the talent and the potential quite early on the 17 18 year olds and uh, you know they've tied them down the contracts and you know the better they do the, the more beneficial it is going to be for dungannon in terms of maybe a transfer or you know we want them to do well obviously and maybe a transfer to an english team or whatever and uh, you know so it's not really a worry because as i said like if, if we can trade like we've done trade with Terry Devlin, like we're maybe get a few pound and get a a Keelan Marin for him, like it's um it's a benefit. So
1: And obviously if the players are, are doing well then the team's doing well. Absolutely, yeah. That that's the
0: key thing. And as I said, like we want our players to to do well and, and do better and improve the whole time. And I think we've we've seen that certainly over the last the last two years. I mean um, the amount of young players that have come through Dunghan and and they're consistently playing well. Like um, you know, it's, it's great for them, but it's, it's great for the football club as well. You know because they're obviously in the radar of of these other clubs. You know the bigger clubs, so um, that's you know, all good.
1: The, I mean, Johnny, they're Dungannon are a great example, aren't they? I mean, forever producing young players, and their youth teams are always competing and competitions they're bringing young players through it's you know great example for other clubs probably to follow
2: yeah even the last you know even go back 20 years obviously you know you had like Nile McGinn there Mark McAllister went to Lundfield, um, you know and then you've obviously like Chris Henry enjoy your work here at uh, Crusaders and, and yeah look they've always produced really really good players um, you know Reese Campbell's a lot of speculation about him another really good player you like him don't you i a good <laughs> player I, I like him he's pacey um, gets in mind behind, uh, good player. Um, Dara McBride swapping for Shevlin <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then obviously he, you know he likes a Dara McBride. I thought was class last year too. Mm. So yeah, you know lots of really good young players as well. So credit to Dean. It's been very very easy. They they not play young players, but but Dean certainly gives them gives them their opportunity. And even like Niall Morgan in the Nets, you know a good players Dungan I've had over the years is absolutely crazy. Um, there's probably loads that I'm forgetting. You know. Timmy Adamson, McIlmoyle, you know, let's go. Well, so, um, yeah, they're, they're every credit. And, you know, they've never, ever um been relegated. Um, I They were probably lucky a year with COVID, to be fair. Uh, but they've never, you know, been, been relegated. They've always been there. It's always a tough place to go. And they'll be looking, you know, probably if they get three points on Saturday, it's you know, it'll be a big, big boost for them, obviously, heading into the split.
1: Just mentioning Shevlin there, Tony, how impressed have you been by him this year? Because... He's been around the league for a long time. He came through as a young player, 15 or 16, I think. He made his debut. He's been in and around for a long time. But really, this year, he's really just kicked on to a, a completely different level, hasn't he? Yeah,
0: he's, he's been brilliant. Uh, I think um, I think there, there's a, a few things I think have happened and maybe not, not you know, and it's, it's no disrespect to... To Owen Bradley like cause I, think, I think Owen Bradley was a key player for Cor and I think everything good about Korean over the last number of years went through Owen, Owen Bradley and um, even when he was even last year I thought Cor were most effective when he played. But I think because now Skinner's gone and we've got Shevlin up there on his own and uh, you know' he's, he's a focal point now and I think Cor's games adapted to, to suit him as well. You know, he's got he's obviously got the ability to come short and link things up but his ability to spin behind and his pace and his power um you know uh, he's been fantastic and um i think there's still room for improvement on him as well because like while he's been about for a long time he's still only he's relatively young in terms of a striker and um i think maybe the fact he went to linfield at, at, at a young age and it didn't work out for him you know he's he certainly thrived on on his move to Korean, and um, you know he's he's been a standout for me. He's been a standout centre forward in the league this year.
1: He, he certainly has, and I think he's twenty four. Johnny, you probably know better than me, but twenty four, I think, Chevy.
2: Uh twenty six in all competitions. So, um, yeah, he's some some return and and yeah, look, he scored last year's cup final, so no pressure on him uh, this year. And, and yeah, look, good lad, works really, really hard. That's the big thing about, yes, he scores a lot. People are saying about his goals, but his work rate is phenomenal. Um, I would love to see his, like, you know, the database they have, or the pause and see how much he runs. And He's a typical orange striker where he'll, he'll run all day, and, you know, Skinner maybe didn't run, but he, he certainly was able to hold the ball up, and, and Jamie McGonigal, or whoever it was, was able to, to run him behind. But, uh, yeah, um, no, Chevy's work rate. Chevy's work rate alone deserves him to get in the position to score goals, is the best way I put on it, and that's weird too because Shev has got 26 goals and he misses nearly, he nearly, nearly misses the hard ones or the easy ones, sorry, and then scores the hard ones. Um, so yeah, he he, could, he probably could have had maybe four or five more, but uh, they have 26 goals in the March, it's some record, and, and yeah, hopefully, he's still young too. He seems like he's been around forever, but he's still only what 25, 26, so um, yeah, no, yeah, he's not even in his prime yet. Good,
1: good to see. Um, Tony, you're working with Dungannon. Uh, I'm just and, interesting how did you end up working with Dungannon? Did you know Dean or how did that hookup come about? Well,
0: I just knew Dean obviously from when he was at Corian with Kenny when he was a kid and uh, went back what, 90, 1994 95. Um, I've always followed follow Dean's career closely because you know, we always like, I think, even from when he was warming Davy O'Hare up when he was 10 years <laughs> of age, he was um. Uh, it made Davey look quite foolish at times. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, just and then uh, he phoned me up one day when he, he he hadn't long taken over at Dungannon and I got a phone call. Um, I went and met him and we had a coffee and we had a chat. And um, at the time I, w- I was working, I was qu- quite involved with Letter Rovers at the time and in charge of under, underage help with the football club and coaching the seniors. and um no, but I spoke to him and I, I decided to go in for I think there was about six or seven games left at the end of that season. with in and I just enjoyed it, enjoyed working with him, and enjoyed the way that that he, that he was coaching. And uh, so I was happy to, to just stay on with him then. So this is now probably two years. Well, well, probably two years now, Damien. Uh, yeah, okay. Just at, at the end of the, the COVID season, and then two full seasons now. So. <coughs> How like, does it take you to get your training, don't it? About an hour and a half, Johnny. Yeah, the right. same as Corian. I you I'm sure. Aye, listen, sure. Everywhere, you know, you're going to watch a game in the Irish League, it's an hour and a half anyway for me. So,
1: it's no it's no difference. Like, So, it's just a couple of nights well, well up, up there. Well, Aye, well, you still a couple you of nights up there. And uh, what well, what's Dean like? I mean, because he, 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 he looks he come across very intense. He knows what he wants, doesn't he? And he, mm. he has that intensive look about him as well. I mean, he probably demands a lot out of his players, which is not a bad thing, really, is it?
0: Yeah, but, like, we all demand... Like, we want we want the best for the players, and we know that um, in, in terms of, of Dean's ability to coach and, and come up with game plans, like, it's very, very impressive. And, um, and I suppose... He's at, that, he's at that age where he, he's, a, he's a young, enthusiastic coach and he's got really good principles in, in, in terms of how he wants his team to play. And, um, you know, he's he's developing and learning all the time as, as a coach and he's certainly, you know, he's certainly opened my eyes to, you know, to the way that he goes about his business. And, I mean, the amount of time he spends and analysing games, and the amount of preparation that his match analysis and you know scouting the opposition like it's it's unbelievable the amount of hours work that he puts in, um, and you know it's it's something I suppose at my age that you know that I certainly I couldn't do as a as a manager and put in that time and effort, but. It's it's to be successful and to be to get to the top of the game, that's what you have to do. And um, you know, he, he certainly doesn't doesn't lack an effort in any way. Um I mean I'm sure twenty four seven he's got done gambling on his brain and planning sessions and, you know, coming up with game plans. It's it's just um it's just a real football enthusiast and he's really, really good at what he does, do you mean?
1: It is, it is, it's, it's incredible, like you, the amount of time. I mean, Johnny mm-hmm. Orne uh, equally uh, uh, is very detailed about what he does, and he's obviously got his teaching job as well. It's like it's a massive, massive commitment, isn't it? I mean, you wonder how they do it at times. Managers,
2: could you imagine uh, the Shields Kearney household at Christmas time and him, Kenny, and Dean talking about football? Let me high per per Lauren high in the wives. So you don't know where they look. Um, football's been very good to that family to be fair, and obviously big Shay Campbell as well. I think so. Um, yeah, you can just tell it, Dean Shay is absolutely British football and lives for it and goes to bed thinking about it and waking up's probably the first thing on his mind. And and yeah, um, yeah, obviously Corian boy too, and then and now he lives in the town. So yeah, always been good. to, always would like to see Dungana do well, probably because of that. And I'm not just saying that because Tony's on as well. Um. So, yeah, I think they have a big game. Obviously, I think at Carrick, they're home to on Saturday. So, well, are permitting. So, um, yeah, that'll be a big, big game for them. And, and yeah, obviously trying to build up a lot of momentum before for the Irish Cup semi final.
1: yeah, I mean, we'll come on to the, <coughs> the weekend games now, then. Uh, now you mentioned it, Johnny. And Dungannon at home to Carrick on Saturday, Tony. And also on the same day, Newry City at home to Portadown. I mean, that's. Two huge games in the context of potentially relegation this season, isn't it? I mean, obviously you have to concentrate on your own game first and foremost, but <clears throat> you will be keeping an eye on what happens across at uh, the New grounds as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think at this stage of the season, you know, coming coming into the split, I think the most important thing is that we just look after ourselves, Damien, and uh, you know, focus on, on on us getting three points and like. Obviously, we can't control what goes on at Newry, but we obviously hope both of them get beat. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, listen, we'll, we're actually, you know, as I said earlier on, like, we're, we're in a pretty good place at the moment in terms of how we're playing. And, uh, you know, Carrick, Carrick's a very difficult opponent under Stuart King. Like, they're very, you know, he, he, Stuart is saying good, experienced players and difficult to play against, like, in your face from the first minute, you know, 100 mile an hour. Um, so again, it's, it's one of them we must, we must compete with them first, first and foremost, we must compete with them.
1: And, and the and fact then, that, the, the fact that they lost heavily to Glen Torn in midweek, doesn't do you any favours?
0: It doesn't, know, but we we're, were looking, we maybe thought beforehand that he might have arrested a few players going to the Glen Torn game for the weekend, but he didn't, didn't seem to do that. So, um, They'll they'll definitely be hurting after such a heavy defeat against Glentoran, and uh, I saw one of the goals where the, they seem to get done with the, their own free kick. Free kick, <laughs> you know, where I think they felt that the Glentoran wall wasn't far wasn't far enough back, and the lad charged out and ended up breaking away with the ball. So they'll be hurting from that there, but uh, like one's Stewart, if they'd have beat Glentoran five one, he'd have the same approach going into the game, you know. Um, He's, he's another one of them managers that I'm sure eats and breathes football and he's non-stop in the sideline and, you know, he's up and down and he's playing the game for the players at times and, you know, um, so, it's listen, it's going to be so difficult, you know, because we've had so, the games against Carrick we've played over the last two seasons, they've been so tight. Um, so it's certainly not going to be easy, to me.
1: But you've got to take Confidence from last weekend, obviously. I mean, the, the players and everybody at the club must be still being on a high from what you stood in. It's it's important that you harness that. And if you win on Saturday and say, for example, Newry lost, you'd be joint 23 points, the same as them, which would be a massive confidence push going into the latter part of the, the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, the most important thing is that, you know, we we continue to try and... and Perform well, and you know, we're happy enough that if our performances remain at a good level, that we'll pick up enough points. Um, obviously, you want to avoid a playoff, so Nuri certainly the ones the team that's in our sights. Um, but likewise, as well, it's, it's sort of a catch 22 where you want to catch Nuri, but you don't want Portadown creeping up behind you either. Like, so, um, as I said, ideally, both of them we could beat at the weekend, but. If not, it will, it will, a draw might make sure. I was better. going to say mm-hmm. a draw, a, yeah. a draw,
1: and a Dungannon win, then you would. Yeah, to that make, might make. that for that. And then Johnny, just at the other end of the table, up at the top, and uh, obviously Glen Torner playing again uh, against Avon, But then Monday night, there's a massive game there. Uh, Crusaders at home to Cliftonville, and with Corian beating Ballinamena in midweek. They're still in and around where they want to be. Obviously, they would like to be a little bit further ahead. But given the way that maybe the Irish Cup only go in, in terms of European places, etc., um, Koreans' win on Tuesday was very important, and Crusaders at Cliftonville at Seaview on Monday night is going to be massive as well, isn't
2: it? I think for for Korean, we need to finish as high up with table as we can. Uh look, we're we're definitely going to win the league. But if you can finish say fourth. You've definitely got um, home advantage for maybe one of the playoff games. So um, there's definitely a carrot in that as well. They, they finish as high up the table as you can. Because last year we had to go to Larn, who, who beat us, and you don't want that, that situation again. So yeah, that's a big game. It's two teams I've watched a lot of recently. Um, Crusaders at home are, are fantastic. And I suppose, but with Lauren drawing with with, with Lumfield, I think Clifford will probably need to win that one if they won win the league. So there's a lot of stake in that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There'll be plenty of tackles going on, I'm sure. A will be a good atmosphere at it and be a really good game to watch that, actually. So, um, yeah, I couldn't even call that one, to be honest. Um, it's, it's literally toss a coin. Uh, I don't think a draw draws probably for Korean, obviously. I don't think it suits either team. Um, so, um, yeah, that's toss a coin and, and I hope for the best.
1: Uh, Tony, on that particular game, if Cliftonville don't win, is that effectively the league almost over would it be Larne's league to lose then?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um so what's Larn are they seven points clear of, of Cliffville at the minute Cliffinville, uh-huh. uh huh. and they're they're eight are 8 they, are seven points clear of Linfield as well. Yeah. Um, you know and if mm-hmm. you know if Cliffinville get beat, you know, seven points I think it's we're down to like seven games. Yeah know, seven games. A lot of, you know, a lot will depend then on the split. You know, it's the fact that Lauren haven't been in this situation before and, uh, you know, this five games going to the split, you're playing against the top teams in the league. I think the, so the way it's going to pan out will be Lahren, or Cliftonville and Lahren's the top two going to the split, they'll play each other with two to go. You know, so it's important that or, or Linfield try and close that gap with Larn up until the second last week of the season and then and I think it happened then but it's listen the way it is at the minute I mean it's definitely Larn's Larn's league to lose I mean you'd love, to, you'd love to be in their position yeah you know seven games to go seven points clear Um and, and they've, they've, they've got the big teams to play and they'll be hoping going into that there because it's the top six, you know, Larn or Clifden and Lindsay, they're going to have to win all five games. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that'll 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 mean one of them beating each other and Larn losing. You know, it's 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 a, it's brilliant. You know, it is. It it's is. a brilliant end of the season, and it's. Um, and I think, do you know what? Looking at Glentoran since Maguire's come in, they've been in really good form, and they were in such a bad run over that 10 game period I think where they only won one game like if they had mm. picked up a couple of victories in that there you know it was um, it would have bit more more exciting because
1: they, they've, they've still got two games in hand but effectively yeah. they're too far away but they're in with a chance yeah. of, of getting a European and essentially at this time of the season now Tony it's just about at the top end it's trying to get into you know, some sort of European place yeah. and for those at the bottom like try and avoid relegation and or the playoff isn't it I mean it's either way you look at it it's, it's an exciting end of the season isn't it for all the it teams in a, the league the, the
0: split's been brilliant for the league because they're still and even the split allowing like say seventh place team depending on how the cup goes to get into that playoff um and the playoff as well I mean say Coraine in sixth place or whoever's in sixth place I mean they they still have something to play for they still have that opportunity. Like it's not like years ago you were sixth, you were just seeing out the season and players were in beach mode with four or five <laughs> games to go. You know, whereas now there is like the bottom teams, Glenavon, Balamina, uh, in the bottom six, they're pushing for and Carrick Rangers obviously are pushing for that seventh spot where the potential <clears throat> European playoff, which is a huge success successful season for one of them. The bottom three teams fighting for to avoid automatic relegation, chance of a playoff, avoid the playoff, and then the top six teams, you know, it's it's all to play for. And yeah. again, you finish sixth, you can still qualify for Europe, such as the way they're set up. So, it's very, very interesting.
1: It is. <coughs> excuse me. It is. It, it's a it's a fantastic concept, Johnny, that split as well, isn't it? Because, you know, if you finish in the top six at Coraine, you're guaranteed have mm. an effect on, on where the title goes effectively and, and winning in Europe. And, for Corian this year, it's a big contrast to last year. They were in sixth place last year, and they were so far behind in terms of points that they couldn't go anywhere else. So when they were beating the League Cup final 12 months ago, it was effectively just seeing out the season mm-hmm. until the playoff. And by that yeah. stage, you mentioned it, they played Lauren, but they couldn't raise their game. As Tony will tell you, you can't turn it on and off like a mm-hmm. tap. They just they couldn't raise their game. But... This year, Johnny, they've got everything to play for going into Sunday's final and and subsequent to that.
2: Yeah, they do, and hopefully that if we can bring the trophy home on Sunday, it'll be a springboard in for the rest of the season. Then, and they'll challenge the players. They they obviously that's the first target it'll be a bit silverware, and the second target would be European football. And that's the way they have to look at it. So if you can get the first part, it'll give them a bit of boost to to try and get the second part.
1: And that would constitute a good season, wouldn't it? Oh, fantastic, even
2: Europe would be a fantastic season. Uh, even the trophy, would be a fantastic season. Um, any,
1: any you get, season, you get, any season, Tony, you get a bit of silverware in European football, it has to be a good season, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, hey,
0: total success. A bit of silverware and a trip to Europe, brilliant.
1: Not only, not only that, all you have to do, Dungannon, is win two games of football and then you're into Europe yourself.
0: Uh, <laughs> that's
1: right. <laughs> I know. Hello,
0: what one, one game we get a new suit. <laughs>
1: That's more important, isn't it?
0: I'm still wearing. Uh, I'm still wearing the suit from 2003.
1: <laughs> you still, you could, at least you still fit into it. I don't no, really know that it's you wouldn't have any weight on so. it's long gone. But um, um, it is. I mean, could you imagine the situation where you know? Who knows? Could you imagine? Well, listen. How exciting it, that be? Like,
0: it's, it's it's certainly possible. I mean, when you can see we go go to Cliftonville and perform and and get a result and like anything can happen, you know, on a given day, but we like for us to be successful. I mean, we need all the stars to align and we need every player, as I said earlier, given an eight or nine out of 10 performance, no player making a mistake, every player doing their job. And, um, you know, that's the beauty of football. You can, you can be bottom of the league, but you can still, you can still win a cup.
1: So, um, Oh, we'll keep our fingers crossed, you know. That's the beauty about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then looking just finally again, reverting back to the League Cup final this Sunday, it's kinda same thing applies, Tony, isn't it? If for example Corian want to go and win the trophy on Sunday, you know, you're really looking at every player probably having to play to almost the best of their abilities as a as a group, if you want to beat the Lunfield. Yeah, well that's
0: like that's, it's a given that you get to a cup final, you, you need, because it's such a big occasion, regardless of whether you're an or a Korean, you need every player performing and performing to their best. Um, and in cup finals, they I mean, you know, it's not about, you know, obviously, ability and and form and everything is, is essential, but it's about on the day who performs you know, who makes the fewest mistakes, which team has the most players playing at the top of their game and then you'll, you'll get a, you know, you'll, you'll find your winner out of that there Um and it's about not freezing, it's about, mm-hmm. I remember going back to 2003 and we were a wee bit concerned about maybe some of the players hadn't been there before but, you know, the the key message at that time was lads, you know, forget about the occasion, it's, it's about the game, you know, go and play the game yep. It's it's an opponent that we played a few times during the year, go and match them, go and outwork them, and then everything else looks after itself.
1: It is. It's about playing the match. I mean, I remember Johnny, I probably remember as well, uh, the year before Korean won the Irish Cup in twenty eighteen, mm. I think we were in the final in twenty seventeen. Yeah. And we're well beaten. And mm. I still know to this day that it was as a as a club. As a group of players and everybody, supporters all got caught up in mm-hmm. the occasion and it was a cup final and yeah. forgot forgot that there was a match to be played. Mm-hmm. And before you realised the game was over and you were on your way back home. And I think the the group of players and the management and everybody learned an awful lot that day and went back the following year and were able to go and play the, the, the final, play the match and won. And I think that kind of experience they still have as a group and they're going to need that on Sunday at this weekend, aren't they?
0: Yeah, I mean, as you said, that's a that's a great example to use, like from the learning from 17 and and like I remember being at that game and like Corrine basically didn't turn up that day no? at all, I mean. And um, I actually had, had a, a sneaky suspicion for them that year as well because they competed really well against Linfield that season and uh, had given them tough games. Because I remember being at a few of them, and um, but then and obviously they learned from that, you know, when they went out the following year and they were fantastic and got a deserved victory. Um, so from a Cobrayn point of view, they'll be they'll be hoping that you know they can use that seventeen eighteen scenario and the the twenty two twenty three scenario where seventeen they didn't show up and then they can back the following year and then last year having having the game in their hand and throwing it away and then. You know, from a Korean point of view, can they can they use that to fuel their their cup aspirations this year now? Well, we shall wait and see. Are you are you mm. going to go
1: to the final, Tony? Or are you not watching? this no, not this year no. So I'll watch uh, it watching watch watch the comfort of my home. Right. And we'll ask you the question that you don't want me to ask you, who who do you think will win and who do you want to win?
0: <laughs> I could I couldn't call it I me. Mean. It's it's gonna be so difficult, like. Um Going into a cup final and you just think to yourself you can never back against Linfield in a cup final, you know, and so often, regardless of of how their form is, they just have enough to get to get over the line. Um so I I, I can't really call it. Um, I hope <laughs> it's a good game. And I hope I hope both teams put on a show. Mm-hmm. Um
1: so it's, as you say, it's kind of Lundfield DNA, isn't it? The it is, the yeah. and, and just find a way of winning the game.
0: Absolutely. I, and, you know, I think a lot of the time when you're playing a cup finals, the attitude has to be do whatever it takes to win the game, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. And um, whether you're playing bad or whether you're not, you do whatever it takes to get you over that line.
1: And, and just finally as well, just I was just thinking the battle on the sidelines is going to be a, a intriguing as well. David Healy and Oren Kearney because the two of them from watching them at close quarters and, and the press conferences and what have you, there's a, a friendship there. There's a good bit of respect between the two guys, but they have important parts to play as well, haven't
0: they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, both managers have been brilliant. Um. For, for their respective clubs and I think they've been, they've been really good for the league as well, Damien, in terms of the profile of the league because okay. they, they come across so well and, um, you know, David Healy, obviously, his profile has been an international footballer and and Orn, you know, his profile and the way that he, he conducts himself and, you know, there's, there's obviously a mutual respect among both of them and there's certainly a respectfulness between both clubs as well and there always has been um so on the sideline that there'll be no I can't imagine any histrionics on the sideline I think you know they're, they're both respectful they're both they'll be happy enough that they've their work done during the week and they don't have to be you know shouting in each other's faces and they'll, they'll get on with it and uh, as I said like it'll be I, I hope it's going to be a good game I hope both teams turn up and perform and um
1: and we'll see <laughs> we'll see Johnny I mean final word to you Tony hopes it's going to be a good game <clears throat> excuse me as we all do or or maybe Johnny do you hope that or maybe you don't care what kind of game it is as long as Corian win would that be literally took words out of my I
2: <laughs> I couldn't care less it was absolutely rubbish for 95 minutes and somebody sticks their big Two on they won and we won the cup um <laughs> You know, as long as we as long as we bring that trophy home because football at the minute is is testing my patience. So um as long as we bring the bring the trophy home, that'll will do me.
1: That'll be something for you they cling on to, anyway. And it's a big weekend as well, Johnny, isn't it? I mean out on Saturday night, breakfast in the Sunday morning cup final, it's all systems go.
2: I uh, know, I can't believe you've agreed to buy me all that. I unbelievable.
1: <laughs> We've got a new budget. <laughs> so I wish we did, but listen guys. Um, all the talking, you know, the time for talking will, will be over by the time Sunday comes around, and it's literally as Tony said, it's like who wants to win it on most on the day, or, or that's what it comes down to. Who's who wants it the most? Um, both teams probably need it and want it for for their own reasons as well, and it has got the Megans of a, a great game. Um, live on Sky for those who can't get to the game. Um, there'll not be too many tickets left by the time the weekend comes. Um, as as you would imagine, we hope that Korean win. Um, we we hope for a good game, but as Johnny says, we, we won't care how we win it. Um, so best of luck to Oren and the guys for the weekend. Tony, thank you very much for coming on. It's been an absolute delight to have you on and, and a great chat with you. And um, it, we'll settle for for Korean winning the league cup and Dungannon going as far as they can in the Irish Cup. How does that sound?
0: That sounds all right.
1: Can we course, get that in,
0: can we get that right?
1: <laughs> we can. And, and the Kearney the Kearney Shields mafia will be delighted if that yeah. happens. <laughs> we'll be pleased with that we'll see you. We'll see you in Europe. All <laughs> we'll right, Johnny. You. Good job. You you get the plane started right. Well, here, thank you very much to both guys. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you to your um sponsors, Radio Taxis, and we will see you all again after next weekend and. May the best team win. Come on the bandsiders. Thanks to